Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now on Radio Flange Goblet, the after movie diner. And I'd like to tell you more, but sadly there's something on my face and the salad tongs are just out of reach. regular diner listeners and i know we normally just jump straight in with the conversation these days but a quick message uh, to explain this week's episode because it's something of a special and awesome episode last week my good friend jay mayo who is a stand-up comedian from massachusetts and uh, hopefully you will have heard me as a guest on his show hold the mayo podcast which is available on itunes and libsyn and all over the place please do check out Hold the Mayo podcast on uh, Twitter and uh, online and all over the place if you haven't already. That's Hold the Mayo podcast. Check it out, please. You may have heard me as a guest on his show. If not, he's a stand-up comedian from Massachusetts. He put on Facebook at the beginning of last week, hey, who wants to go on a road trip? And uh, I thought, yeah, I would like to go on a road trip. So I said yes. Anyway, we frantically over the course of the week uh, formulated this plan and on Friday I took a bus to Boston we then drove up to New Hampshire and the next morning we woke up in North Conway and we went to the Stairway Cafe and recorded the conversation you're about to hear about the movie Troma's War uh, which we watched the night before in a motel so that's what you're about to hear this week it's a fantastic episode and this is what sort of the after movie diner on tour is going to all be about it's going to be about going to these uh, different states these different places meeting up with friends or fans of the show or previous guests of the show or people i haven't met yet but i know really well online those kind of people and uh, eating in their local cafes eating in their local diners and recording a show and then bringing it to you that's what the diner tour is going to be about this is a first taste of what that might be like and uh, I have to say I'm hooked I can't wait to do more so let's make 2016 uh, the after movie diner tour year if we can that would be fantastic and obviously there are ways to uh, donate and support the show uh, buy albums and all that so please 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 do that anyway without further ado enjoy this fantastic conversation hello and welcome to a very very special after movie diner as uh, jane mayo and myself here uh, what would you say new england's foremost stand-up comedian i'll take that yeah new england's thanks so much new england's foremost stand-up comedian jane mayo and i are sat here in the stairway cafe in north conway new hampshire uh, and we're sat out on the, well, it's sort of like a, a balcony veranda type thing, uh, overlooking the White Mountains. Is this the White Mountains? Yes, right? it is. You can hear the bell of the uh, train in the background. You can hear traffic going by. And uh, this is just incredible. And what film are we talking about today, sir? Uh, we were talking about Troma's War. Troma's War. And uh, so why don't you give us a bit of background? How did you get into Troma movies? Oh, Troma, the the wonderful film company Troma, used to air uh, on one of the local uh, ABC, NBC affiliates or whatever it was uh, in the Boston area. And they used to do... Do you folks know what you'd like right here? Gentlemen? Uh, Not yet, no. Just about another 30 seconds. Thanks. They used to do uh, Copies? Yeah. monster movies and that kind of thing, and then they they transitioned to only playing trauma movies uh, late nights on like a Friday night. Nice. So I used to, as a as a kid, I used to watch all these trauma movies. Uh, you know, every Friday night, try to stay up as late as possible, try to stay up till midnight or whenever they were on, and, and watch all these old movies. So that's sort of how I fell into uh, falling into love with trauma, and that's just sort of followed the, the progression throughout the years. And when did you first see Troma's War? Oh, probably 1997 or somewhere around there, I would assume. Nice. Yeah. So we are, go- I'm going to have the uh, elk wild game sausage. Yeah. I've never had elk sausage before, but I'm going to have a wild game sausage breakfast. I think 
I think I'm also going to have wild game sausage, but I may go with the wild boar. Nice. That's what I'm going to have. I'm going to try elk sausage here. That's Why incredible. Not? It's good, good work. I love all the bikers. Though. Look at what, what is she driving? That's like a three-wheeler, but in reverse. Right, yeah. Two wheels are at the front. You really could never fall off that thing. You know I, would, I, mean? I would hope not. Yeah, right. She just doesn't take the stabilizers off. You get like <laughs> training wheels, right? That's what you guys call them? Uh, yes. I've never... I mean, I've seen those types of motorcycles before, but it doesn't really make sense to me. No. I mean... But that's not being a cycle. You can't like no. you can't pull up at a at a biker's rally. Sure. No. And All set to order, gentlemen. Yes. Yeah. What can I get for you? Uh, wild game sausage breakfast. Can I have the elk sausage, please? So besides the five listed in the bottom of the first page, I also have rabbit with white wine and pheasant with cognac. Oh, she pulls the pheasant out there. Just to make it. No, I'm going to go elk because I've eaten pheasant before. I'm going to go elk. How That's would you great. like your eggs prepared? Um, scrambled is good. Home fries, vegetarian baked beans, or homemade applesauce? Uh, home fries is good. White wheat rye or for an additional 99 cents, homemade cranberry pasha? Uh, rye, please. I'm also going to have the wild something sausage breakfast. Uh, I'm going to do the boar. How would you like your eggs? Uh, over easy. Home fries, baked beans, or applesauce? Uh, I'm going to go with the baked beans. Wheat, nice. wheat, rye, or the homemade cranberry focaccia? Uh, wheat. You got it. Check the menus for you. Thanks so much. Thank you. That's the second time you've done that, though, dude. That's the second time you've gone for something that a Brit should go for, baked like well, beans. Yeah. Yeah, I love baked beans. Last night you had the fish and chips, today you're having the baked beans. Yeah. That's crazy, we've swapped. Well, that's okay. Maybe uh, maybe I'm just jealous of your culture. I doubt it. There's nothing well, really a little jealous bit. of. I'm, a little bit. I'm not jealous that you had to put on 12 gallons of uh, <laughs> suntan sun lotion. Just to today. come out today. Right, 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 right. That's because otherwise I would spontaneously combust. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, I suppose. <laughs> or get a tumor either one. Yeah. You don't want to turn into a lobster today. Um, You're right, so uh, why don't you give us those? You've seen it many times. Why don't you give I us have. the rundown? <laughs> Bear in mind, we're in polite society. Right. The rundown I, I, of the storyline of Trova's War. I will. Uh, I will give you the uh, elementary school version. The, the PG thirteen. Yeah. Well, maybe right. just the PG, not even PG thirteen. <laughs> right. Let's not go crazy. Trova's War uh, synopsis. Okay. So a bunch of people are in a plane. The plane crashes on a remote island. It's kind of like Lost. Kind of like Lost. Uh, the survivors of the crash decide to inevitably search around the island to figure out where they are and how they can get out of there, and they come across uh, a militia. Right. And once they realize, once the militia realizes that there's people there, that's when, that's when all the shooting happens. Yeah. And there's quite a bit of shooting. Right. Uh, the original, the original airing of this movie took out the. Quite a bit of uh, the violence and some of the subplots to the movie, but the general synopsis is that uh, you find out that all of these, this militia is a group of terrorists from around the world, different yeah. terror organizations from around the world. And, and he lists them off, and they're, they're all the very like 80s yeah, terror organizations. Yeah, you know, the Libyans and yeah. whatever, all, all, all the terrorists that we don't necessarily worry about anymore that don't seem to be terrorists anymore. Right. Uh, Didn't he say the PLF or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. So they find out that these terrorists want to end up taking over the world by sending these terror groups to the United States and they're going to infiltrate and they're going to wreak havoc. Right. Uh, and so this is their, their training ground. This is where they're training all the terrorists to right. do all their terroristy things. And they're under the misguided notion that these clearly, like, tourists who have crash-landed because they're all, like, middle-aged, right. crazy people so, in, in variety of dress. They reckon they're all... Uh, they're all commandos. Commandos, right, that's it, yeah. And that they're there to stop their uh, terrorist plot. Yeah. Which is ridiculous if you see the collection of people that they have clearly right. strewn together. Yeah. Well, you would think ridiculous, but by the end of it, they have become an elite commando. Yeah, yeah they're Delta Force, Force by the end of it. Oh, yeah, by the end of it, any one of them could take Chuck Norris down. Right. Yeah, yeah. so uh, we go through the whole, you know, they're, they're hunt, basically end up hunting each other. Right. Uh, some, some of the people get caught, some of the people get away, uh, you know. A handful of the survivors of this plane crash end up being uh, these elite combat veterans and, right. and what have you. So well, they, one of them was in airborne 
Yeah, he was in Vietnam. Vietnam. Yeah, he was a Vietnam vet from, you know, whatever, the Airborne Division. And uh, some, some of the other people conveniently already had weapons on them. I don't know how that would have worked out going through uh, airport security with a, no. a blowgun. Oh yeah, one of them had a leg. had a blow dart. An English guy right. who was like kick ass. He was, which yeah. I have to say, I fully appreciated <laughs> that they said, "Well, we're going to have this disparate group of people. We're going to make the Wall Street guy the wimp, right? And we're going to make the British dude in the white suit this like kick ass." James uh, Bond type. Yeah, yeah, karate type with a blow dart strapped yeah. to his chin. Because, <laughs> of course, none of us travel anywhere in the world without a blow dart strapped to our chin. Well, yeah. I'm packing right now. <laughs> As well you should be. Uh, so they uh, they hunt each other. They go back and forth. Some people get captured. Many, many, many people get shot. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's, that's sort of how it all works out in the end. It's, right. And there's the usual trauma diversions. There's a guy with a pig face. Right, yeah. He's like half man, half pig, for no, never explained. No. Um, lots of gore. Lots, lots of gore, uh, lots of... Nudity. Nudity. It's pretty there's, there's, the, It was the most expensive movie, and, and I think remains the most expensive movie trauma has ever made. Right? Yeah, it was there, they had a $3 million budget, which is uh, probably... Two million seven hundred fifty thousand dollars more, <laughs> more than, than they normally they would on have. Else, right. So yeah, it was it was quite expensive, and you could you could tell. I mean, there was a lot of uh, you know there was a lot of action scenes where you're like, all right, that, I can tell that that was probably expensive. You know, there was two different hovered craft in the in the yeah. film. There was lots of they blew up a boat and a truck and a truck. Um, yeah. There's you know there was well there was multiple explosions. There was multiple. I think a lot of the money, of course, also went to the stuntmen because oh, yeah. you can't like. Oh, yeah, that's what you while Lloyd Kaufman and, and, and Michael Hertz are, um, it is Michael Hertz, isn't it? Yes. And notorious, apparently, for not paying anyone anything. Uh, the one thing you can't do is not pay stuntmen who are, you know, and not have insurance and all that. Like, all the stuff that, that Hollywood movies have to have because, you know, they've got stuntmen, uh, you know, through the nose, they've got dangerous explosions, they've got all this stuff. The insurance is, therefore, very, very high on all this stuff, and you have to pay a lot of premiums. Um, it feels like Lloyd may have done that on this this one. Yes, I don't know that they could have gotten away with. You know, when they do some of their other bigger hit movies, the you know the Toxic Avengers and, and movies like that, it's all sort of based around one character, and you can kind of get away with. You know, also well, he's in heavy makeup. If you had to cover right. a dummy, if you had to make a dummy look like the Toxic Avengers, so you threw him off a rooftop. No big deal. No big deal. Right. But this, if you, yeah, this. I mean, and there was a huge cast. There was tons and tons of extras. And, uh, yeah, massive ensemble cast, clearly yeah. filmed. Well, I mean, I suppose it could be. It could have been filmed on a coastline somewhere. You can't. It doesn't have to be an island. It could have been a cove of Florida or somewhere sure. that it was filmed. But it was clearly like they took over, you know, some tropical-looking woodland area. Right. Um, you know, it did, it did, what I mean is, it didn't look like it was filmed in a backyard in Jersey. Correct. You know what I mean, it looked like they'd actually gone somewhere and, and filmed it. Um, you know, and the benefit that, that these 70s and 80s, um, or the benefit that Troma had about in the 70s and 80s with their movies was that everyone had to shoot on film because there wasn't sort of video cameras in the way that there are now. There certainly wasn't the digital video stuff that there is now. So <clears throat> something like Toxic Avenger looks like a real movie because it's shot on film. Sure. Whereas nowadays, if it was made, it would be shot on video, probably not particularly very good video, and it would immediately stand out as an independent movie. Right. Whereas the benefit of the first, the reason why the first sort of 20 years of trauma seems to stand side by side with other movies, not the content, but the, the actual look of them, or the, the fact that they could look a bit more polished, was that everyone had to shoot on film. Yeah. So you didn't film, have a choice. Right, so film was easy, cheaper to develop, there were way more developing houses, certainly in the northeast around New York and New Jersey, where they're based, right? They're based in New Jersey. Yeah, they're uh, Tromaville, New Jersey, to right. be specific. Uh, so that's the benefit. And this, you know, this looked like anyone who's seen... Uh, any of the second-tier Rambo knockoff action movies of the 80s, of which there were thousands, um, this looked like one of those. And it would sit alongside one of those very nicely. There was crane shots, there was tracking shots, there was dolly shots. Like, it looked professionally done. There was no point, you know, apart from things like the boat blew up before the truck hit it, (laughs) which is just a timing issue and just, you know, 
that is a we have one chance to do this right. stunt. We don't have spare boats. We don't have spare trucks. We've just got to blow this thing up. And then all of a sudden, you know, if it goes wrong, that's the one oh, you've got. Nice you can't really do own. that. So. So, you know, there's a few little production issues like that, but apart from that, it looked pretty good. That's all, production-wise. Yeah. And the acting's pretty strong. I mean, you get the odd... It's probably better. Like I said to Jay halfway through, I think maybe the guy's dressed up as half a pig because he's a bit of a ham. Um, because, yeah, you get the slightly overacting, the trauma-style... Right, but that... that Belted to the cheap seats. Yeah, there. that's exactly in line with how trauma would normally do a movie. I know that they, they spent a lot of time and money on this particular movie. This, right. was, this was supposed to be, like, their big-budget hit movie you know right. but it's still very much a trauma movie right. in that the acting is a trauma movie you, as serious as most of the cast is throughout most of the script there are still you know there's a guy with a pig face that, that snorts yeah. the whole movie and you know there's there's little things there's reoccurring characters that you've seen in every trauma movie and there's there's little things that you you can tell like this is cert- certainly this is a trauma movie there's no they didn't go so far off script so that you wouldn't know it was a trauma movie. Well, that's what made me laugh, is that, but also like gave me the uh, you know more respect for them. I've always the, the weird thing is that I've always respected trauma and I've always liked trauma for what they've done and for what they've had to do. Not necessarily the ethics that they use behind the scenes because I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. But the fact that you know between them, Charles Band, Roger Corman, there's only two or three kind of independent movie houses still going you know what I mean and still belting out stuff and you know Lloyd is this wonderful kind of carnival barker type who's bringing everyone to the party and I like the fact that when they had three million to spend instead of saying well what we want to do is break into Hollywood so let's make the most Hollywood movie we can we're going to get rid of the nudity we're going to ramp up the violence we're going to maybe hire a professional actor or two da 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 we're gonna, you know, we're not gonna have a pig-faced man in it. You know, we're not gonna have subjects like rape and AIDS and other subjects that are in this movie. We're not gonna have uh, the, what well, you call it. It's the politi- it's the politically incorrect stuff, but it, it it ends up in a very nice twist, being a bit of social commentary or, or what did you call it? Yeah, it, it is. It's it's the it's the social commentary. It's 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 the political view of the time. Really so bright. at the time, you know, AIDS was starting to become a big thing, but no one really knew a lot about it. You know, right. this was well. No, that's what you call the social satire. Yeah. So yeah. So in other words, the movie on the surface, and I'm sure that you know, like. Lloyd is well known as playing the dirty uncle character uh, but on the surface there is you know sort of this inherent kind of slightly ugly 80s sexism in it but then actually that's kind of flipped on its head by the end of the movie and there's a little nod to maybe maybe women shouldn't be kept down the way that they were being at the beginning of the movie and no it's not making any like grand feminist statements no but it's and it's having its cake and eating it too but there is something there there's, right. there's clearly there something social written into yeah. it about sure. feminism and about uh, uh, you know abuse and various other stuff that's in there that is again part of the trauma ethos and that if you were going to go full Hollywood you just wouldn't have that in there you just wouldn't you'd take it all out so what I quite I like that they saved up three million and they went yeah but we're still going to make a trauma movie yeah that's what I like but how in in their defense to anyone that would want to uh, attack them for saying well why would you do that in their defense for 15 years at this point when this movie was, was filmed for 15 years they've been doing the same pretty much the same style over and over and over again yeah. and although it wasn't wildly successful it was successful enough for them to raise three million dollars to do this film. Right. so why would they completely change 100% and for this not to bankrupt them either when right. it was a failure if you look at Francis Ford Coppola he opened Zoetrope Studios and okay he spends considerably more than three million on um Okay, I just have to stop for a second. And just to point out to Matt Farley, if he's listening, and I know Matt Farley is listening, that they're playing Ram on the uh, speakers here at the New Hampshire diner that we're reading in. They are playing Ram. Uh, Most specifically, what is this one? No, it's not Ram, sorry. It's Band on the Run. It's Mrs. Vanderbilt from Band on the Run. So they're playing McCartney anyway, because he was recently on a podcast. So playing Mrs. Vanderbilt from Band on the Run, which I couldn't be happier about because it means that Matt Farley is with us in spirit. That's right. 
when McCartney is playing early 70s McCartney it means Matt Farley is somewhere in the vicinity the spirit is with us uh, but what was he saying about the tr- oh yeah so when someone like Francis Ford Coppola does one from the heart with Zoetrope Studios you know he's got the Godfather behind him he's got Apocalypse Now behind him he's made a lot of money so he's like okay I'm going to put my own financing into a film and it utterly bankrupts him like it right. utterly cripples him so I mean you can at least say that at least that doesn't happen here you this know is what true. I mean? they just go back to making yeah. Toxie 3 or whatever yeah. it was that they went on and they, made up they go back to spending $10,000 on a movie right. and it is what it is making Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD brilliant movie which is fantastic well the trailer alone should be in an art museum because the trailer alone is just hilarious um, for that movie but um, so yeah well, what else did I like about it well I thought I mean the action was well well done well shot yeah. I mean it's it's not as sort of coordinated as a Hollywood thing would be you can't quite tell what's going on most of the time it's no. a lot of it's a lot of get 15 people with blood packs to run over there stand in a line the blood packs explode and they all fall down right then let's cut to someone firing a gun. Then let's cut to someone running over a hill. Like, it's that kind of cut, cut, cut. It's not... Like, there's no integration there. No. And a lot of times what will happen, you'll be confused as, all right, well, why is this happening? And and after it all, <laughs> after all the dust settles, then they'll explain, like, oh, well, that was the bad guy. Oh, okay. Almost like the screenwriter or the continuity person on set watched the first five scenes and went, no, no, wait a minute, we've got to explain why everyone just fell over. Right. And then you'll cut to a character who went... What's going on? And then you see like people run in. So yeah, it's uh, that was amusing. Um, but you get uh, there's a, there's a, a, a seemingly a live snake in this movie. Uh, there's uh, lots of explosions which are fun. Um, there's a whole plane crash at the beginning, like a yeah. looked pretty good. I mean, it's not lost, but it looked pretty no, good. The it was burning wreckage, yeah, wreckage, and, and pieces and fragments and, and people bodies everywhere. And yeah, yeah, you see a priest's tongue ripped out in this one. Yeah, which is pretty we, good. You, you don't get the. Uh, I liked him. He was like defiant, even in the yeah. face of horror. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. You don't get the stereotypical tra- trauma head crunch in this movie. I, I don't think they had started that tradition yet no. of the. Uh, the head crunch, yeah. the squishing of the head, but they did rip out uh, the guy's tongue. Which, by the way, if you're a fan of the head squish, I, I thoroughly recommend Leo Fong's Low Blow, uh, in which he infiltrates a um, Jonestown-style cult. And at the very end, you think he's going to punch someone. And you see him, like, rear back with his karate punch. He puts his fist out of frame but then it cuts to the frame of the person's head and his shoe comes down on the person's head crushing it like an unripe pumpkin <laughs> crushing it like a moldy yeah, yeah. Pumpkin. A rotten pumpkin rotten pumpkin uh, which is just the best thing I've ever oh, yeah. seen in my life because you think the fist then it's no it's the foot yeah. I mean it's the worst continuity ever but you do see a person's face mashed like a pumpkin, which is fun. Also, in a movie in which there's no gore, it's like the it's like the one. <laughs> so it's out of context. It's completely out of context. <laughs> it's like they've edited in a, a shot from a completely different film. Yeah, it's kind of glorious. And Leo Fong himself is like 85, creaky, old. And that's our the train. That's our friend, the Conway Scenic Ra- Railroad, which I can highly recommend. Anyone coming up to Conway, New Hampshire, take the Scenic Railroad. Yeah. I think they're taking off soon. And be sure to eat in the uh, stairway. Stairway cafe? Stairway cafe, that's it. Because she's buying a stairway to heaven. This, this is heavenly right here. This is heaven. This is St. Peter blowing his horn. And <laughs> the best, I think, the best part about no, this Gabriel place... Gabriel blows his horn, right? St. Peter doesn't blow anything. I, well, listen, what Peter does in his own time <laughs> is his own business. I'm not one to judge, John. No. coffee for you? Yes, please. Uh, and would you like more hot water? That would be amazing. Thanks so much. Thanks so Very much. kind. Thank you. I think the uh, aside from the food and, and the and the staff and in the in the cafe itself, the best part has to be our view right now. We're literally incredible. We're literally staring at the White Mountains. I mean, we our view. We're not we're not in front of a window. We're no. outside. We're actually outside. Yeah, on on the uh, on the patio area. Terrace, veranda, call it what you will. Yeah. Many, many names, but nothing really sums up the beauty of No, what's that's right. right and I, I like that, because when you were saying that, you went into a radio voice. You had your J. Mayo radio voice. You were like, I, we are literally sitting in front of the White Mountains, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I like I, that a lot. And I apologize for 
doing radio voice. No, I like radio voice. Unintentionally doing radio voice. I like Jay Mayer radio voice. That's that's what I want to listen to the rest of the Okay. Day. As if you had some NPR station of your own. That you right. We're working on that. Yeah. And it's Jay Mayer in the afternoon. That would be amazing. Uh, <laughs> Still driving the Corolla. <laughs> driving the Corolla through New England. Right. It's because Toyota's rust out before the motor dies. <laughs> That's some insight right there. That's right. Change your car, Jay. <laughs> so, um, I mean, not lots to talk about, but I mean, I would definitely recommend it. I would definitely say that people should rush out and see this. Yeah, you know, when when we decided that this is a movie that we were going to watch, I brought up the fact that this is probably the most and least trauma movie that trauma has ever made. So that seems yet contradictory. Yet be warned, there is a subplot that is very trauma and, right. and may offend some people. Sure. Not offend me, but may offend some people. Sure. I mean, the, in the grand scheme of things, if you don't want to see a ton of Violence. Violence and a ton of, uh, you know, o- over the top. Abuse and. Yeah, yeah, then this probably isn't the movie for you. However, in, in the grand scheme of trauma movies that trauma makes, not a trauma team release. Right. Is your hot water? Oh, that's terrific. Thank you. You're uh, welcome. This isn't that bad on the, on the scale of 1 to 10 in, in, in as far as uh, trauma's gratuitous use of violence and nudity. No, and, yeah, I mean, I would say gore. if you like B movies, if you like action movies, and if you've ever even remotely seen a trauma release and been interested in it, then this this would definitely be one of the better ones. Sure. And I think that's what I've always found, is that trauma tends to fall into the category of great title, shame about the movie. Uh, you know, we were talking last night about Nymphoid Barbarian and Dinosaur Hell. That's a prime example. It's got this great title, but she's neither bar- barbarian nor nymphonic at any point in the film whatsoever. Right. If she was, it would be a great movie because it's got fantastic stop motion effects and, and some really nice, nice sort of uh, um, pre world kind of shooting and stuff like that. But uh, pre apocalyptic, I don't know what it is. It's sort of, anyway, um, uh, you know, or no, Surf Nazis Must Die, which is great, but it's also. You know, it's also schlocky and awful at the same time. Yeah, oh yeah. That's probably the most racist movie. Right. Like, out, outside of movies that have to do directly with uh, the Holocaust and, and neo-Nazis and things like that, like, this is probably the most racist movie, but it's also kind of great at the same time, not because of the racism, obviously, but... Like, Are you a plot. secret racist j Yes, I am. But, uh, <laughs> This is one of those times where uh, using comedy improv does not work out to your favor no. because now I have to say yes and. But no. no, Surf Nazis Must Die has a great plot to it outside of the vampid racism. Right. But it's also one of those movies where, you know, you think of the title Surf Nazis Must Die and you think, oh my God, that's probably an amazing movie. And you watch it and you're let down a little bit just oh, yeah. because the title is so good. Right. Now, if you're an old trauma hound and you're aware of what they, they make, you aren't let down at all because no. you're like, I want to bathe in the thing that is trauma right. and you get that okay that is an amazing car that just drove by look at that that's yeah, incredible uh, beautiful classic car out here on this sunny Saturday morning um, <laughs> welcome to John and Jay's Balcony <laughs> Observations NPR and there goes another car <laughs> I don't even have the ability to tell you what kind of classic car it was because I literally have no information on it whatsoever it was, it was maroon and it had, it was maroon white, and it had white racing stripes uh, but no, um, this one worked for me because while I've seen a lot of trauma, I'm not the biggest <laughs> fan. I'm not. I'm not a, a, a denier, but I'm not a biggest fan either. And um, I like action movies, and I like '80s B movie action movies. So this had this was like one of my favorites because it had a bit of everything. Yeah, it does have a little bit of everything for people that are. Real sticklers about continuity and, and accuracy and plot. And yeah, this is not this film. is going to drive you crazy. Yeah, as someone like if, if you're the kind of person that goes on, uh, they're now playing ELO for, for Mark McDonald. Yeah, so. they are. They uh, if you're one of these people that goes on the what what is the website? It's not IMDb. There's an extra letter in it for for for, for guns. There's a whole website that's dedicated to the history of firearms in movies. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like. Uh, right, guys. Okay. Let's see. 
game sausages over here? Like the scrambled eggs? I believe that they're right no, there. Who's got the scrambled with beans? Alright, here we are. Thank you. I'm having elk, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time. Welcome to manliness, John. <laughs> oh, sir. Please. Last night I ate half a duck. You did. That was pretty manly of with me. His, with his hands. With my hands, no less. I throttled it to death. I sliced it in half with a machete. Yeah. Trauma's war style. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we didn't mention that. There are Siamese twins in this movie attached by the face. By the face. And, of course, they're evil Siamese twins. And my mom. They seem to be... She's got this, like... Although, once again, it's never explained throughout the movie. They seem to be the ones that are in charge of everything. everything. Although there is like a leader of the terrorist. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's pointing at the sausage. Ladies and gentlemen, elk sausage is the bomb. Yeah, as is this wild boar sausage. Wild boar. You see, you get the word wild in your sausage. That's right. I'm going to call mine wild elk sausage okay. just from now on. Okay. It might be farm raised, but hey, we'll, no, no. we'll assume. I'm going to assume it's wild elk okay. and that these fine ladies at the serving establishment went out and killed it themselves. This morning. I don't want to talk about this thing anymore. At the crack of dawn. Knowing that you were going to come here today to get that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there is an, yet another weird subplot where there is Siamese twins that seem to be the masterminds of this whole terrorist plot. Right. Although it's never explained. And they're, because they are terrorists from around the world, the perceived leader seems to be German or right. something. Well, he leads one little group and Piggy Face leads another little group. Right. And Pig Face It's just when you think they've got rid of all the, the, the bad guys, there's this other sect of bad guys. They yeah. And then they also talk about the Cuban army being involved somehow, although you never see any of the no, Cuban army. Cubans don't show up at all. Yeah. I think the only part of that that actually came to fruition was that the Cubans dropped off the boat that the terrorists were going to take to America to right. infiltrate. Right, the smallest boat ever, and they packed it with like 100 people. Yeah, yeah, it, it was like a small fishing boat. With 50 aerials on top, I suppose to try and make it look militaristic, but failed miserably. <laughs> so... There's several. You, you never really know who's in charge, or why, or how. In uh, and, and all, and there's so many different kinds of people. Once again, because all these terrorists are supposed to be from around the world, so there's, you know, there's uh, South American terrorists, there's African terrorists, there's, there's supposedly there's Middle Eastern terrorists, although you don't see any. No. Uh, you know, and there's there's plenty of. Uh, there's a fat guy with a beard. Yeah. So you you know. I don't, I don't know what that guy was supposed to be. Maybe he was with the pig face guy, because the pig face guy had a southern accent. Yeah, he was American, yeah. So, I don't know what And he was terrorism a terrorist was against, against America. Yeah. Which seemed odd, because he also seemed very, like, you know, uh, patriotic American type. Uh, yeah, I mean, none of that made any sense. But you even got the um, Ellis from Die Hard character... The Wall Street banker in a suit type guy who thought that he was negotiating for the, you know, the, the finishing of this situation by going over there and offering them lots of money. Right. Also because he was a big coward. And instead, of course, all hell broke loose. There was no negotiating this to finish. Nope. The only way this could end is if everybody died. Yeah. As any good trauma movie would have it. Yeah. And I interrupt this podcast just to let you know if you're enjoying this and the conversation Jay and I are having and you want to hear more about our New England adventures this weekend just gone, check out the Moton Media Infomercial Podcast over at iTunes or TalkShoe or at ModernMedia.com. That's M-O-T-E-R-N-M-E-D-I-A.com where we sit down with Matt Farley, who is Mr. Moton Media himself, and discuss all sorts of things, as well as uh, fill in the story of our, our road trip this weekend, but also a whole handful of other stuff, and play two completely new compositions uh, that the three of us wrote. It's a fantastic podcast. It's over at motonmedia.com. It's the Moton Media Infomercial Podcast, and I urge everyone listening to this to go listen to that directly after this. Also, uh, don't forget to check out my brand new 10-track album, Bad Time Banjo 
over at miskplumbingfixtures.bandcamp.com. That's M-I-S-C plumbingfixtures.bandcamp.com. Or you can also find it on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, Google Play, all over the place. That is Bad Time Banjolele. It's an absolutely fantastic album, all the proceeds of which go towards the After Movie Diner Tour 2016. That is the diner coming to a town near you. So please, please, please do go over, either stream it on Spotify or buy it off Bandcamp. Thanks so much, and now back to the show. One of the best jokes, and it's a very obvious joke, but there's a woman blinded at the beginning of the movie from the plane crash. She comes out of the plane crash and she's been blinded. And she has a rather touching uh, sort of love affair with a, with a purposely ugly guy. Like, he's this, like, big, slobby guy with a big gut and a, you know, old man face and all the rest of it. But because she's blind, she thinks he's amazing because he helped her out a couple of times, right? Yeah, he sort of led her through the woods. She, obviously, she can't see. Right. So she falls in love with him very quickly. And in fact... She gives one of the best performances when you think he's died at the end of the movie. She's like, I can't live without him. I can't live without him. It's like really touching. Yeah. I found it so anyway. Like she was crying and I can't live without him. And I thought it was very touching because it was one of those that it started off as a joke like, oh, pretty woman with the ugly guy and blah, 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 because she's blind. Ha, ha, ha. And it actually turned into this touching thing. And then, of course, at the end when he shows back up, and I'm not spoiling anything because no. it's Tremors War, who cares? But he's the one that heroically drives the uh, uh, truck into the boat with a hand grenade on the truck and blows everything up. Again, considering they have rocket launchers and grenades and everything else, they could have just thrown all that at the boat. It was a bit weird, but you have to have your big stunt at the end, so we'll go with that. When he emerges, having survived this ludicrous ordeal... She goes running up to him. Oh my God, you're alive, you're alive. <laughs> and of course, because <laughs> she's blind, misses him completely, hits something and falls yeah. over. Which I know is an obvious gag, but I was like, yeah, I, you know, that, that was, was the laugh fantastic. out loud moment. Yeah, yeah that, that was fantastic. That certainly, yeah, she goes to run right towards him. Somehow she misses all the things that are lying on the ground. Right. She's able to <laughs> maneuver her way through that. Misses him by about a foot and a half and then trips over a gun turret. Yeah, but she did it with gusto in the sense that you know, if you could re- if you could see, as an actor, if you could see, it would be very difficult to just run into something without right. stopping yourself because, obviously, that's your reflexes. Right. But she just did it. She went for it. She did it very well, and it had me laughing out loud. And look, Python weren't above a blind joke like they did the, um, I'm blind and now I can see in Life of Brian, and he falls right. into the pit. So... If it's good enough for Monty Python, it's good enough for Tremor. That's my thing. That's very true. I mean, there were there are other less than subtle jokes throughout the movie. At one point, one of the characters gets bit in the upper thigh by a snake, right. and one of the other characters, male, it's the only a male character, has to suck out the poison. Of course, they're they're isolated. But just as soon as he starts to suck out the poison, everybody happens to show up. Like, right. hey, what are you guys doing? Yeah, with his head in her lap, obviously. Right. You know, there, there's well, if you look there's at jokes like that throughout. When when I watched the first Toxie movie years ago, it struck me very much that Lloyd must be a big fan of Mel Brooks because there's a lot of sort of uh, like I'm thinking of like the mayor and stuff and all that in Toxic Avenger. It's a lot like the mayor in Blazing Saddles or the mayor in um, all the characters in um, Young Frankenstein or whatever. There's a lot of that. Um, you know, ridiculous authority figures being a bit ludicrous, uh, as there is in Mel Brooks. It has that kind of style, and you know, the the sucking out the poison or whatever. Woody Allen did that joke in um, Bananas, where he goes to the South American Revolutionary film that he did, where a woman, like a woman, runs through the jungle clutching her breast, going, "I've been bitten by a snake. I've been bitten by a snake," and then like fifty guys run after. Her. Sure. <laughs> But that's just another nod to the trauma style. It wouldn't be a trauma movie unless there was something, you know, over the top like that. Right. And I'm not against that. Like, that's the bit that I really like. Right. This is where they take a $3 million, uh, you know, commando movie. Right. And they throw in their their trauma twist with, you know, the the snake bite gag and the the blind girl falling down gag. So UJ is a... God, this elk sausage is good. My God, it's good. So... UJ is an ex-military type of veteran. Yep. Uh, if you don't mind me announcing that on the show. Um, yeah, I'll last time. And thank you very much, by the way, for your service. 
Um, I did it all for you, John. Yeah, you did. You didn't even know me or meet me at the time, and it wasn't even for my country, but well done. Uh, I just feel like I have to say that, because that's it's important. Uh, so, um... Uh, you uh, are a weapons expert, or you know about weapons, right? Yeah, I was in the no, firearms industry for about a decade. Look at that right there, firearms industry. You're like Nick Cage in God of War, whatever, <laughs> Lord of War, whatever that movie was. No, because no, he was a gun runner. He was like a smug... No, you weren't in that, were you? No. No. Very, um, I'm very legal. You're very legal. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, uh, you know about it. You were amused that throughout the movie... <laughs> There was a multitude of different types of ordnance. Is that what they call it? Sure, sure. The the thing that really struck me again, if you're one of these people that's into uh, continuity and, and things like that, this movie is going to drive you insane. Right. The, the plot of the movie is that they take terrorists from around the world and put them together. So I understand the plot. So of course, if you're a terrorist, you're probably going to bring. Your, your weapons with you that you know and use and have. Right. As a movie, this doesn't make sense. Right. Because they never, you know, everybody's got a different type of gun. Right. Which, I, to follow the plot, that makes sense. The American people have M14s, M16s, M2s. We're getting technical here on the afternoon. Right. So things that the American military would have. Right. You know, those, those style weapons. And then, of course... There's you know AK-47s from Russia and there's there's uh, there's Takarov pistols and there's all kinds of which weirdly Soviet the weapons. A team used AK-47s yeah and the A team so they had those cool ones with the like shiny metal barrels but the the wood and the or the wooden end yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. the the buttstock so right. I mean throughout this movie there's there's so many different styles and types of weapons that it, it wouldn't make sense. If, if you were to start a terrorist organization right. where everyone was oh, going to be on the same page, it wouldn't make sense for you to have all these, <laughs> this plethora of different styles. Well, they only seem to have one type of ammo. That's right. what bothered So the, the thing the that bothered me was that several times throughout the movie you see cases of that just say ammo on the side. And, you know, even the, the good guys, the, the plane crash victims that are going and trying to stop these terrorists, they're all picking up different weapons, yet they all seem to be loading the same type of ammunition, right. carrying one type... It's factually impossible right. to take pistol ammo and put it into four different types of rifle. There was also that scene that bothered you where he pulled out the clip of a, of a machine gun and looked just in the just, top of just it. Just looked at it and said, you didn't fire anything. You didn't fire anything. There's well, of course, the, the, it, it's spring-mounted, right? So that right, you push the bullets down. Even I know this. Right. There was no way for, you know, the, the, the technical side of this movie is, is so far off, right. it's, it's ridiculous. You know, <laughs> Which didn't well, bother me at all. Right. They might as well have been holding sticks and going bang, bang for like... You know, of course, <laughs> the, the, the suspension of reality has to be that you're going to pull the trigger a thousand times and not have to reload. That's, that's right. every shoot 'em up movie in the history of... Film. Except when the hero has to go, I'm out. Right. You know, right. right. Uh, so, of course, you know, th this movie is just the same as any other movie where everybody has a machine gun and they're all just firing hundreds of thousands of rounds without having to reload. I get that, but... Uh, is she waving at us? I don't, I don't know. know. Probably. Yeah? She was just a wavy type, which is good. It's another, <laughs> another uh, fun part about being out here on the veranda. So... Technically, this movie is impossible. And then the other thing that bothered me was the, the choice of weapons and how they used them. Mm -hmm. They clearly had grenades and rocket launchers. They had RPGs. They had uh, they had two individual bazookas. Right. So there was one scene where they take... The so the plan was they were going to get a one-armed man to put a grenade in his mouth and drive a truck into a boat. Right, to blow right. up all the terrorists to prevent them from going to the United States and taking over and, and, and hurting all the people in the United States, right. which makes sense. Okay, except they have RPGs and they have bazookas and they have hand grenades. And in one scene, they take their, their bazookas and they shoot out people that are standing in a tower. Right. Instead of turning two feet to the right and shooting the boat full of right. terrorists, so now that it's, it's no longer a kamikaze mission for this one-armed guy with the grenade in his teeth. Right. So, like, their, their choice of, of weaponry and how they used them kind of baffled me from, from a technical standpoint, you know. Being someone that was in the military, it, it, it just seems like simple military strategy is, you know, you, use your weaponry as, as smart as possible, not, you know, don't just 
don't just everyone just start firing for no reason and just running around and scattered Except or whatever. in this movie there was a scene where a guy got shot about 750 times and lived. Right. Well, for a little bit. Sort of. Now look at that. Nice, look that's an old Cadillac. That. that is an enormous old Cadillac. That's a 1970s Cadillac. What, what color would you call that? Like a pale uh, light green? Like a pale olive green. Yeah, a nice Cadillac convertible. And a metallic olive green. Yeah, very nice. Welcome back to John and Jay's Classic Car <laughs> Observationalist <laughs> podcast. This is great, dude. I'm having such a ball. This is my favorite thing I've ever done. So, um... Because the, the movie is so secondary, but we're talking about it in such serious terms. Yeah. And then occasionally a car goes by, we're like, oh, a car. <laughs> we're talking about the tow truck that's going by also, or... Wow, no. it looks like a 2013 Ford F-350 <laughs> tow truck. Real nice. Yeah, uh, I just feel like this is all America, you know what I mean? Yeah. This is what I love about it. This is this is the live free or die state, my man. This is Damn what it's right all about. It and I am living free right here, we are We are living the freest. I have eaten elk. Yeah. Right? And when you've eaten elk, there isn't any freer you can get. This is very true. <laughs> this is very true. I feel the hair on my chest growing as we speak. It's the freest of all the meats. Um, and what's lovely is that there's a darling old couple sat on a bench yeah. on one end underneath the shade of a tree. They're just That's their Saturday. They're just hanging out. They're just hanging out, man. They're just in the mountains, just taking it all in. Yeah. We've got some bikers, lots of bikers up here because they're living free. Yeah. No He's, helmets. Look at her. She's on the back of the... Yeah. Yeah, we almost had a little accent here. That guy got he's, a little close to the other he's guy. Like, he's like an old kick-ass dude. Yeah. He's just like, I'm in my mid-50s, I got a bike. And then she's like this slightly more sexy kind of type on the back of the, yeah. the, back of the bike. She's like, I'm hanging with the bikers. <laughs> and I'm loving it. Yeah, she is. The, uh, the, live, the live free or die state does not have a helmet law, so you'll see... Most of the people around here do not wear helmets when they ride their motorcycles. But there's just, one guy down there wearing a ski jacket and a backpack, and it's got to be 85 degrees today. Yeah. Maybe he drives really fast, and it's necessary to keep himself warm. Although, he is also wearing shorts, so that's yeah. kind of contrary to that well, theory. He's, he's keeping his junk cool, because <laughs> the air must blow up those shorts. Something yeah. Rough. Your armpits can sweat, that's fine. But if your balls sweat... <laughs> Nobody wants the sweaty balls. No. This is a great show. We should host a show from here every Saturday. Hello and welcome to, yet again, a Look at the Road. <laughs> this is this is the observation podcast from the Stairway Cafe's veranda. Now, now that nobody knows what we're talking about, no. but I'm sure they're loving it. Everyone has left the veranda. We've cleared the veranda. Yeah. The, the gentleman sitting next to us seemed interested in what we were talking about. However, they did not seem so interested that they wanted to be a part Oscar, of this conversation. Right. Well, they could have done. I would have been happy with that. I would have also. We tell you... They didn't say goodbye, though, so... Jerks. We tell you that this wild boar sausage... It's holds up. Yeah, yeah. I've saved an extra piece. Would you like to try it? Really, sir? Absolutely. I don't want to take you. No, you no, only no, have no. the one listen, sausage. Listen, listen. I've already had three quarters of this sausage. Are you sure, my friend? I've eaten wild boar before. But I didn't give you any of my elk. It's now okay. I feel bad. I've... We are literally going to go to the store to our right. We can see from here with the yellow sign, and we're going to buy more wild meat for, products. For the, for the uh, barbecue tonight? No, no, no. This is just going to be for us for our little trip today. Oh, okay. We're going to buy some... Oh, the jerky. We're going to buy some wild uh, wild animal jerky. So please, have at it. Thank you. We are. That's it what is. we're going to have for lunch. We're going to have wild animal jerky. Yeah. I'm living free, dude. We're living the most free. And I will die the fuck hard when I die. That's right. <laughs> and I'm talking about my penis. <laughs> We're living the most free today. We're... Oh my god, that is good wild boar. Right? Mm-hmm. It was wild boar with cranberry and uh, I believe white wine. I can almost feel the hands around the neck choking the boar to death as I ate that. Yeah. I feel bad for these ladies for having to do that every morning. But I feel bad for them. The animals I couldn't give a shit about, yeah. but I feel... <laughs> I feel bad. I mean, it must take an emotional toll on them, but yeah. it is very They're much strong, worth it. They're strong, though, man. New Hampshire breeds them strong. That's right. You know, they look they look kind of dainty and petite, but don't let that fool you. Do not let that fool you. <laughs> very strong hands. Don't, don't let that fool you. No. Very dainty strong hands. Dainty and petite. That's how I put it. Yeah. See? 
we got a lot of we got a lot of passerbyers here. We're getting a lot of uh, looky loos. We're getting a lot of looky loos. We're getting this is my one of my favorite things to do is just people watching. Yeah. They don't. I, I guarantee you, most of these people don't even know we're up here. No, that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> as sarcastic as I am, it's probably a good thing they don't know that I'm up here talking yeah. about them. So, uh, just to wrap it up, then, uh, if you're a fan of B movies, a fan of action movies, and you want to see a trauma movie that's most definitely a trauma movie, but uh, isn't so trauma that it might put you off. I would definitely check out Troma's War. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great. Available Troma. on YouTube, right? Free. Yeah, yeah I, you can get it on YouTube. You can go on uh, Troma's website. I'll do my best, guys. All right. Oh, hey. Hey. Just so you're not waiting on me. All right. That's yours. Absolutely no rush. Appreciate it. Thank it was you. Delicious and delightful. Thank you very Excellent. much. Excellent. I'm glad you enjoyed it. That was like a mad bum rush for the door all at once. So that was great. These I, are I, ours. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I worried if we had cleaned the place out, if we had bothered <laughs> people so much. What, what I like about these is you've got binoculars, which are, you know, used for, like, looking long distances and maybe looking secretly, That's but then you've attached two large bells to them, so there is no stealth use of these binoculars. That's because they've stolen three pairs from us. You're kidding me. No, and, and they're not cheap. Of course not. These are, like, great... Bushnell, off-trail, high-gray yeah, binoculars. You can, and you can, especially in the fall and stuff, you can see the people on the cliffs, rock climbing and whatnot. Oh, wow. Let's, yeah. let's spy on some people. That's, That's awesome. I like to call them judgmental breakfasts. <laughs> <laughs> As if people watching just with our own eyes wasn't fun enough. Yeah. Now I can get right up in their in, faces. Yeah, in That's full right. detail. Now you can see, like, if they trim their nose hairs today. Yeah. That's important to me. I need to know that on a daily basis. I'm sure. Yeah. So when I look up, I can usually tell. I'm like tall people who are like, oh, you need some dandruff control. Yeah. <laughs> Say, I look up their nose, you look down. I like that you're creeping out people with these binoculars now. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely creeping people out with this. I'm looking at all sorts of stuff up here. You wouldn't believe what's going on in that building, but it's <laughs> filthy. Filthy. The difference between you and I is like you're like oh let's look at the mountain I'd be like let's just look straight down what at people yeah let's, no, just but look, that's... let's just look at the people walking by let's see how uncomfortably close we can get to the people walking by that that makes me feel a little too creepy though. yeah well that's kind of the point isn't it yeah well you can you can have a look through there when you're done eating so but that was a mighty fine breakfast Thank you very much. It was a lovely, delicious breakfast. Sure. The amount of free living going on around here. I mean, it's phenomenal. Oh, yeah. You can't move for free living in the summer months. Yeah. But, Jay, that, this has been an absolute fantastic episode of the After Movie Diner. What a treat. down that way yeah. from the kids this been, down there. This has been great. And it's, it's, it's the Sorry. first of many that I will be doing on location, I hope, over the next few years, because the whole plan is to take the After Movie Diner on location and have That's breakfast in I places have. such as the White Mountains so where you eat such things as wild elk. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I could help facilitate this. Inside. It's so been amazing, sir. Who knew? The beginning of last week, I had no idea. Spur-of-the-moment trips are always the best trips. And how easy has this been? Oh, it, this was... Uh, other than your terrible uh, bus ride right? to get from New York to Boston. Here I am, sat in New Hampshire the next day. Yeah. As if nothing had happened. Great motel last night. Yeah. I thought it was very nice. Yeah, we had a good time. We had a good... like a log. We wrote two songs. We had a great, uh, great dinner on our way up. And Oh, yeah. Alpha Duck. But no, thank you, Jay. This has been uh, a real treat. Oh, thank you for coming uh, all the way up. There. If not for the listeners, then definitely for me. I think the listeners are going to love it too. I think so as I well. I think they've learned things about classic cars that they didn't know beforehand. Classic cars and guns. That's really what they've yeah. learned about on this yeah, podcast. Yeah. That's, that's what all podcasts should be about, John. Yes. In man world. That's right. Up here in the live free or die state. <laughs> we're living free, we're dying hard, and we're talking guns and classic cars. And wild animals. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that has been Jay Mayo and John Cross for the After Movie Diner. So this weekend's road trip wasn't just uh, about an awesome whirlwind trip to three great states of New England uh, or to hang out with the exceptional Jay Mayo. 
It was also a creative weekend. Uh, Jay and I uh, wrote some songs, and uh, also we then met up with Moten Media's own Matt Farley and wrote two more songs. Uh, we also made music videos and all sorts of things. So please do keep a lookout uh, on our YouTube page and on Facebook and all over the place. Don't worry. If you follow the After Movie Diner on Facebook, you will uh, be able to see all this stuff as I get it edited and put up. But what I want to present to end this week's episode is a song that Jay and I recorded in a car by the side of a lake with the sun beating down and trucks whizzing past uh, with Jay on tambourine and kazoo and shaker and me on banjolele in the passenger seat. Uh, I actually wrote it uh, on my iPhone 6 as we were driving along. Uh, Jay was obviously driving. Uh, so that's the song that's coming up. Uh, it's a bit of a fun uh, little ditty all around New Hampshire's uh, motto, which is live free or die. So without further ado, here is that song. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Uh, take care and uh, come back next week when, as always, we'll have more movies, more chat, more diner and more fun. One. Two, one, two, three, four. Well, we're living free, the only way we know how. A handful of me and matching hats. This is the way to spend a weekend, going back to where it all began. A canopy of sherbet green trees shows us the way. Crack time like under our free wheels. We're ignoring speed limits and ignoring all the voices on this free New England day. The greatest song <laughs> ever recorded in a car in the history of the world. I don't know what is. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.